Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be episode number six, and I am more than thrilled for this episode. I uh, First of all, I want to apologize for uh, the wait in between episodes. I have been working extremely hard to get interviews um, from people. I'm just going to say people, right? Uh, some for free shards, uh, you know, some for just personal anecdotal kind of type stories. So I am so happy to say that I nailed this interview and it's with one of the core developers of UO Outlands, which to be honest, I believe is considered the highest population right now. Uh, I would also say it would definitely rival OSI shard population, maybe minus Atlantic, but it's got to be damn near close. So this interview is going to be high octane. We're going to have a little bit of cussing. So if you're getting your UO education on, you may want to throw some uh, headphones on if there's kids in the background or whatever, but this will be uh, explicit. So buckle up. This gentleman uh, that I interview, he is highly technical and I was extremely excited to get some of his responses on, you know, not only his personal story, but why is Outlands the way it is today? And before, you know, we start uh, the interview, I, I will say I just started Outlands myself, uh, shameless plug, mustache gaming on Twitch. Uh, it's been an incredible journey so far. I, I still have no idea what the hell I'm doing, but... I am having a blast. Um, I am literally only leveling up my like weapon skills on stream. It's kind of my goal. Um, I'm kind of doing a bard type setup. So I am macroing um, the music skills, which is like, you know, watching paint dry. No one really cares to see that. But the actual hunting, I'm doing all live on stream. So I'm kind of crawling, right? And some of the systems, some of the mechanics are way different. I have never experienced some of, you know, what Outlands has to offer. And I was at first, I thought I was not going to like it because I'm a little bit of a purist, right, for UO. But um, I quickly discovered that I really enjoy it. It has some interesting things where I'm like, I've never seen that done before. Or, hey, I can use the camping skill, which was completely useless when I played, you know, when I played UO. So... You're going to hear a lot. Um, this podcast ran, this this recording rather, ran extremely long. Um, I want to get him back on to go over some of the core Outland specific mechanics, but this was a great intro to the history of, you know, really this shard and, you know, him personally. I have, you know, just to, to let you know, guys, what's on the docket. I have a couple other recordings I have scheduled that are going to be huge. You know, we're talking top tier talent, slightly below average production quality. I'll be honest, but um, I have uh, definitely stuff in the works, guys. So I apologize if you know this is taking a little bit longer than I thought to uh, you know publish. But it is that the content is coming. Um, I will say this to anyone who wants to start a podcast or anything like this, it is way more work than I originally thought. And that's okay. No complaints, but just understand, you know, for my audience that's listening, 
It's just me. It's a one man show, you know, so cut me a little bit of slack. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, and with that being said, um, please enjoy, you know, this journey that we go on, uh, because I, I think you guys are in for an absolute treat and definitely comment, message me, whatever you want to do. Let me know, you know, is this good? Is this gold? I think this is, this is absolute gold because not only as a UO player, but I find the anecdotal stories absolutely fascinating. I love hearing that. And I also like um, a history lesson on, you know, why certain things are, you know, like why they are, why, how did this come to this conclusion? You know, why did you not have a donation shop that did this? Right. And I'm kind of trying to ask some hardball questions without inciting um, a whole bunch of drama. I, I do think though, because of the UO community and I, and I love it. We are going to have a drama type of uh, episode, if you will, or, or just, you know, <laughs> I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do about that, um, but if you guys would like to hear some UO drama, uh, please let me know that too. I, I think it would be well served, and I'm just talking like maybe a once a month type episode, something you know semi regular, but nothing crazy. Because I think if we did that every single week, it would get kind of boring. But I would like some hype, some drama, you know, just. Just, you know, talking crap about other shards, other people you've killed, whoever. I think that might be kind of cool because um, I did get a lot of responses on, you know, who's the best PvP, uh, stat-based, you know, stuff is, is garbage, you know, because I'm talking about the current OSI shards. Um, so I, I think there's a lot to discuss in that realm. But, you know, guys, just let me know. Give me some candid feedback. I definitely appreciate it. So... With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and roll this interview and uh, please sit down, relax yourself, and uh, definitely enjoy. All right, guys. Thanks. All right. Okay, guys. We are back, and I have a special interview today. Um, I want you to give your intro to who I'm talking to and give a little bit about yourself, um, kind of what you do in the UO community. And kind of start us off here. Oh, howdy, folks. Uh, I'm Luthius. I am the lead developer for the Outland server. Uh, most of you know me from that, but I guess some of you probably all know me from some of my previous servers. Uh, I was the lead developer. Actually, well, not the lead developer, but basically the, probably the main engine behind uh, Ancorp 2 server. And about half of the programming for Relpor. So, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of you guys know me from various either both infamous or i mean i mean some some, some are enjoyable so uh yeah i've been in the developing developing side of uo for probably like almost 10 years now and previously from that uh, i've been on free servers playing so and are you a developer in real life yeah actually i do aviation simulation software so i, okay. I do have a full-time job which kind of baffles people the fact that i how much time i spend coding uo and doing a real-time job on top of this shit so it's yeah, well, it's, 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 I asked you specifically because I am a sysadmin by trade. So okay. naturally, 
we kind of conflict in our job space, which is pretty funny, depending on <laughs> what kind of job. You know, it's a typical infrastructure guy versus the developer guy, right? So it's really fun. That's really cool though. I figured you were, because I have a feeling most of the people that code or develop, they must do that for a living because, I mean, it's a pretty specific yeah, skill. I, <laughs> it's, it, it, I think people either are, it's part of their job or it's, it's, it's so much of their hobby that it basically right. takes on. So it, it's, I mean, people who program as much as we do in this community essentially have a full-time job doing their hobbies programming wise. So yeah. They're, they're, they're getting involved with, pro with open source projects. And we have a lot of people on our staff who uh, are on multiple projects right now for, I mean, just the UO community, essentially having part-time jobs doing other UO stuff too. So. Yeah. And where does your name come from? How did you pick that name? What's the history? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, so, yeah. So I, I, I think originally, I've had the name since 97. It okay. was the second character I made for uh, the Great Lake server. And I think back September 97, I had a character named, I think it was like, I, it was Kamalius or something. I had some sort of a weird, had a little bit of the name in it. It was a random character I made from Diablo, which I was playing on online Diablo. Okay. And as soon as U UO came out, that, sadly, I wasn't in the UO beta. I was following it, but I, di I didn't get an actual CD for it. But I yeah. had a character that I think launch day, I took on my Diablo character name and then played that for about two days. And then I thought, ah, you know, actually, I think my, I think I actually died with my character and thought, shit, I might as well just re-roll a new character rather than like <laughs> trying to get my, get my shit back and all that stuff. I, 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 I made a new character and then Luthius was the name I picked. I've been using that since 90, yeah, since basically week one of launch from Great Lakes 97. Right. So. And I, I, I Oh, good. Yeah, I haven't used any other any other avatars or handles for anything since '97. So that's kind of impressive, actually. I think. Oh, and the reason I I kind of laughed is, um, in another episode, I had a guy on here, and he he literally his first character. He said he got PK'd and he didn't play again for a year. Right. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, you saying. Hey, I just re-rolled a new character. People don't realize how much of a pain in the ass when you die in UO is. <laughs> well, not only that, so I, I, I followed the beta, but the thing is with the beta, the, the information that was given to everybody was just sort of like generalizing, like, oh, yeah, you can do anything. You can be a baker. You can be something. Right. something. So the character I rolled, which is, is pretty funny, was 20 strength, I think like uh, 25, 30, 30 decks, and then like 20 ins. Wow. So basically, it's it's, a, it's an unfucking playable character. And <laughs> Paper, I, think I, yeah. with, I think I started with cooking and fencing because I was gonna be like a, like a warrior baker, or some weird shit. Right. And I died outside of Trinsic, I think, by a, a cougar or something. And yeah, fuck. Okay, I guess I don't know what I'm gonna do here for this. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, you know, like a year or two later, I, I rolled another character up, and I think I started with like 40 strength, which is pretty great. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I I, I I I discovered that strength actually equals hit points, and which. Yeah, I, I didn't really realize that at first. And back then, you know, when you for, we're, we're talking dial-up days to set the stage, right? I, I AOL, I think twenty-eight point eight, which Ooh, it was on wow. a comp, it was on a compact PC, which was it was fine processing wise, but the it, the monitor for this this PC was absolute garbage to the point where <laughs> if I didn't have night sight casted, I literally the entire dungeon was literally black. Wow. And even with Nightside on, I had a hard time seeing in like Kovatus and some other dungeons. But uh, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That, okay. Because yeah, I, I want to make totally... sure because most people, yes. It, <laughs> and I don't know if you remember this, um, but 
I am pretty sure that there were, and I know there were people that had T1 lines to their damn house. Oh, yeah. Just oh, for yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, oh, I think, so I was in high school. I think I was like 14 at the time yeah. when it came out. And there were people in college. And so if you, I think the people who, if you were at a major university. Yeah, that's in right. College, it, I mean, you, you basically hit the, hit the jackpot if you right. if you all came out when you were in college because you had an amazing connection compared to everybody else. Right. And everybody else playing on that connection level seemed like they were cheating. There were people who would just fly around oh, yeah. and you're just like, I don't know what I, – I think this person's cheating. I, I can't imagine how somebody could possibly be reacting this fast. And No, they were just playing in college. Right. Oh, yeah. And I, I, there were rumors that – and gosh, I, w- I would love to know what the price was, but I heard it was like 1000 bucks a month for a T1 to your house. It was outrageous. Like, oh, it for was... free. Yeah, I, I'm sure if, we, yeah, if you were paying for a residential, <laughs> that shit was probably prohibitive. But, uh, yeah. Oh, no yeah, doubt. I, 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 I don't know how many people resident, you know, residential would have had that in the UO because like, UO is still was still pretty niche back then. I mean, oh people, yeah, I, I, I the previous games like was it um, Meridian Fifty Six or no, what's right. the or, um, and the, uh, the Realm like those games where you, yeah. you really didn't need a connection for anything. I mean, it didn't matter. You're just getting right. very basic stuff. The reaction times weren't that big a deal. But yeah, that, that would be interesting to see if, which if. Which players actually had like legit? Oh, I know there were. Yeah, yeah for oh, sure. Because yeah. there were some that were just straight speed hacking, right? There is a program that you could skip yeah. like, you know, screens or whatever. But no, but okay. So walk me through, you know, you're the fencer baker that fizzles out. Where, do, <laughs> where did you naturally land? Like what kind of template were you rolling? I think the, first, the next thing I did was uh, blacksmithing. So I, okay. I had a friend of mine I played with and we both made... I mean, actually, more than anything, we were doing mining. We we yeah. went to the 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 north northeast Britain Smith, and there was a guy named. And then it's weird because there's all these memories I have of in-game stuff from '97 that right. I, it's baffling to me that I remember names and things. There was <laughs> yeah. a guy there. There was there was a dude there named Metrian, and he had. I remember in it because within like a couple couple a couple of weeks, he had GM resist, which is absolutely wow. amazing for. Yeah, and he was paying, I think, like seven, eight gold per ingots, and we thought, holy shit, that, that that's amazing. So we right. basically, my friend and I, dedicated ourselves to doing mining almost like nonstop for yeah. a couple, at least like a week or two, maybe more. And yeah, so for the first few weeks, I was basically just doing mining, and then occasionally I would I would uh, sell him a giant bundle of ingots, and then uh, I think buy regents and work on ma- um, majory. I think I had like 80, 80 majory within a f- few weeks, which was at the time pretty impressive for people. Most people. I don't think more people who were back who realized how specific it, it was to have anything above like eighty in skills. Yeah, for I've sure. even peed with sixty-three strength, and, and, and as a tank mage uh, or a, a tank archer age, I had like sixty-three strength. And we had people in our guild who had eighties, and wow. they were considered like godlike. Oh yeah, well you said GM resist. Hell, when I played yeah. in two thousand two thousand one, that was still very uncommon. Like to have GM resist because it was yeah. such a pain. You know, yeah, because certain people figured out certain loopholes with uh, either uh, I think like Firefield or yeah. Wisps in in in, in the wilderness, and it, was, right. it still required a pretty substantial amount of effort to get it. But yeah, it's, it's always kind of interesting seeing these these sort of like benchmarks for players being like insane, you know, overpowered or not like godlike at the time. Oh yeah, and yeah, sure. I mean, we had we had a guild mate, yeah, who who our our guild master for our PvP guild. I was actually this is a story for later, but I was in a anti PK guild on Great Lakes. Sure. And our our G 
our GM was, I think, 83 strength and like 98 major when it was just like godlike at the time. Right. No one else, you know. Okay. So were you, you went the crafting route. Is that where you kind of enjoyed playing just crafting or what, you know, what, what, what did you think? Well, initially it was more of just a kind of a means to an end. It was a means to find good money and then pay yeah. for majory and fund all everything else. Um, I used that money to buy a house. I actually had one of the on Great Lakes, the first. So if you go, go through Bertain, there's the road that leads kind of northeast out of Bertain towards Co- uh, Covetous Dungeon or Covetous. Yeah. Covetous. I had the first house out of there, like wow. literally the first house outside of on the road. And this is another kind of long story. I ended up. Around ninety nine or so, my my dad at the time told me I was playing too much UO because I'm still in high school. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, you need, to, you need to shut this down. You need to stop playing this." And I begrudgingly did. At the time, he I told him, you know, I, I want to sell off my stuff. I, I think there's a market there on eBay for selling this stuff. Oh yeah, I sold that house on e- I sold that house on eBay for five hundred bucks. Wow. And then I also sold, I think, all my regents and reagents, reagents, however you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, bandages, everything, like items for 500 bucks. And then I sold my account for also 500 bucks. So I made $1,500 prior to college selling off my old UO shit. And I think my dad's like, my dad, I told my dad about this and he's like, oh, well, maybe I made a mistake. Like, right. <laughs> maybe I should have yeah. let you uh, just keep trying, like, trying to make money on this stuff. But no, I uh, remember. It's funny you say that. I could have sworn I remember accounts, castles going for, I heard, I don't know if this is true, but like upwards of five, 10 grand for like a castle. Yeah, we know on Great Lakes, we, yeah, we had a guy in our guild who, uh, actually one of the later guilds that was in Great Lakes and probably 98, 99. And he was the vice president of IMAX, the, wow. the, 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 the IMAX with the two X's or that does the, the tape drives and backup storage and stuff. Yeah. And he spent ten thousand bucks buying up small houses on eBay wow. and stuff. So there, there, were, there were people doing that shit, which is, I mean, to me, baffling. I, yeah. Granted, I was you know a high school kid, but you know that that, that, yeah. that stuff has existed ever since since eBay's been around. People have been finding ways to buy shit and. Oh yeah, it, it was back then because because back then the economy wasn't in shambles. So oh, and, like, and, 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 yeah, and people didn't realize what. It, it's one of those things where, in hindsight, it would have been kind of amazing if I had found a way to try to like make money doing it. I was just playing at the time and and not trying to you know capitalize on that. Obviously, now there's a whole entire. I mean, it's been this way for 15 years since like, right. Wow, uh, gold farmers, but people trying to make a living or or just like uh, make it's a primary play play mechanism is trying to sell you know sell things online. Oh yeah, and it would have been amazing to see how many people yeah like these did that kind of stuff where they were selling on eBay continuously or they're buying houses and, and castles and things. And well, you, you remember of, too that, I mean, the duping, the cheating, that stuff, you yeah. never really, I would, now I'm going to say this. I don't think they actively enforced some of that stuff to be honest. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, I, I, there were certain ones that actually, so I remember I, I actually personally myself, I, I, I encountered a dupe on my own. Yeah. I had a, my friend and I, when we were doing the the mining thing, at one point we bought a large forge, which at the time I had a small house and I bought the the large forge with right. the patio, which was it, was, it was a pretty big investment. And I, I placed it, placed the house down and the ser- either the server crashed or something happened right around the time where they were doing a save. Uh. And I, so this, I think it was yeah, the 24 hour, you know, they, they used to do the servers going down an hour. We're doing, we're going to do maintenance, whatever. I placed my house at some points right on the edge of that. And I came back up and the house was there still. 
Right. But the deed was still in my bank oh, or still in my backpack. Man. So I, I, I inadvertently discovered somehow some weird way to create a, uh, a house, house dupe. I, I, I never really followed up on it, but ended up <laughs> right. giving the deed to some other uh, guild who I was trying to impress and get involved with them. And it didn't really, so didn't really you, work, but you may remember, do you remember the website ask chopper? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. People ask me because I think there was somebody with a similar name to mine on there because uh-huh. I kept get, I keep getting asked if I was involved with Ask Chopper and I, and I didn't. They mostly had exploits and various things on there, right? Yeah, and I, and this, this is really cool. I'm gonna follow up on this, but I have a lead. Someone knows who that is, like the who the guy yeah. is for Ask Chopper, and I I haven't had time, but I'm gonna look through because apparently he's on a forum like that is for UO, and that would be because I remember as a kid. I never could afford they, – they had some premium model or like you had to pay something to get the good exploits. But I just went to the free <laughs> crap, right? And okay. by then, okay. the free stuff was like, you know, how to break in someone's boat that worked like, you know, a year ago. It was already been patched. Yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah, how, to, how, to, how to resurrect inside of a house. Yeah. Or <laughs> right. I mean, just, yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But no, that's really interesting. So, okay. So now that you've you have your character, you're kind of getting through it. How so? You took a break there. When did you return? Uh, so yeah, it was ninety nine, and as soon as I got to college, probably about a month or two after I got to college, so there was probably at least I mean between. I think I stopped in like April of ninety nine, and then right. probably around Christmas time at college. So it's probably about I mean at least eight months, nine months. Okay, yeah. And I started back up in Great Lakes and had to start from scratch, but then it was kind of it was kind of fun starting over again. I I'm one of the People, there's okay. You're you're familiar with the server rush concept, right? Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, everybody loves the the first three weeks when a server goes live. Yeah, that's sort of starting out from scratch. Everybody's rushing to get the best housing spots. Everybody's rushing to just kind of make a name for themselves. And there's a sort of weird, nebulous zone of where everybody has like eighty to ninety skills, and PvP right. in that range is weirdly amazing. I don't know why, but I feel like everybody's not quite GM. Nobody oh, has some kind of GM yeah. characters. Right. Yeah, and, and everybody's kind of this sort of zone of close, but not quite the same. Exactly. And yeah, so so starting up UO again was kind of fun in, in that regard. The both granted it wasn't I wasn't it wasn't a fresh server because it was Great Lakes and it's been around for four years. Yeah, three four years. For me, it was kind of fun starting over again, which I, I know some people some people like it, some people don't, but I, I actually had a lot of fun. Kind of grind out and find a place to, to live and build new right, characters up because I'm somebody. Yeah, I'm somebody who likes experimenting with characters and doing weird, like weird fucking templates and. Right. Yeah, I, I did. I did Grey Lakes from like 2000 ish to 2001. At that point, I think I, I think it might have been the point when they started doing the expansions that were. I think UOR. Or actually, maybe not UOR, but there was. It may have been when AOS kicked in. I think. Yeah, because I, I think I stopped in two. It must have been like two thousand one ish or something. It, I played a little bit after AOS came out, and I just the the item based thing just it didn't yeah. really do it for me. Yeah, the, the having all these different stats that are just it's a lot to manage, and yeah. I, I didn't I didn't th- I didn't feel like a lot of it really added to the game. It just adds added complexity, but not much. Well, it, it was it was Diablo because yeah, you said you played the, Diablo. Yep, I'm like, I've yep. already played that. I don't want that. <laughs> yep. And and your your success became a lot more gear based, less than right. 
less so reaction based and kind of strategy based. And so, yeah, so, so me for me that was kind of the nail in the coffin on playing official OSI. Got it. And okay. I've never I've never gone back yet. Even I've, 2001 was the last time I played. I had it. no okay. interest in going back. Now, would you go back if they did like a pre-tram you know server back in the old rule set? Yeah, that, that? that that discussion's come up a lot in Reddit and places, and I, I, honestly, I don't think that the current UO team has any sort of concept what UO means to a lot of us who played from two or ninety seven to two thousand one yeah. or two thousand. So I, I really, honestly, have no faith in them being able to maintain that sort of server or be able to. Yeah, right. I mean, they, they, if, in theory, if they were to say to take a direct snapshot of the code and just just deploy it. I don't. I don't know. I, I. I. still feel like the free server community does that sort of I, I'll say way, way better. I'll say this because you may be biased because you're a developer and a true, free true, show, true. right? I will say this. I think, and I and I've heard the rumor. I don't know if this is true. Someone told me I read it that they don't even have the code from back then. Supposedly, I don't. Again, no yeah, that's, I, w- I would not be surprised because <laughs> I mean the free server. Yeah, the free server community basically t- uh, took. Their, I, I was also kind of str- not strange, but I've I've been actually doing emulator code, or at least like I've been messing around with RunUO since 2000, right. 2001, 2002 or so. And the original RunUO, right, the original RunUO code was actually taken from a one of the I think one of the beta keys, the beta beta. Oh, it was reverse wow. engineered from one, I think one of the one of the beta CDs. Okay. And somebody at that that's what the code base started that they they used, and yeah, it would not surprise me whatsoever that in between all the different moving around of right uh, mythic OSI, whoever, going, yeah, OSI to EA, EA to mythic, mythic to broadsword that they at this point probably had it, all the code sitting on some sort of legacy. Um, uh, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Based somewhere, and they, they just felt that there was no reason to keep it, or at least I don't know. Yeah, and I think I think with like the the release of WoW Classic, right? We saw that there are a lot of OGs that are dying to play, you know, how it was before. And I think you know UO knows that, and I don't know if it's a code thing or what, but I, I'm really surprised that they, because even for a cash grab, right? You know mm. there'd be thousands of people coming back, even if it was just for that month, that rush or whatever, right? You know people will come back and play. Potentially. I, I think yeah. I think part of the problem though too is that right now the way that UO is structured, at least from at least from what I've gathered, yeah, they only have a team broadsword a team of about eight people or so. I right. feel like they have like they have like one or two artists, they have Masana, they have probably somebody who's the, the lead dev, maybe yeah. another developer. And then they have like probably one or two support people for accounts and stuff. I don't feel like they have the support structure set up in order to try to maintain two code bases. That's true. And granted, they won't have they won't have to do as much work on the on, on the the old server. But when things go wrong, that means that they have to load up an entirely different code base. They have to right do their their their, their whole structure. I mean, all there there are all these bugs and things that still existed back then that they would yeah. be responsible for having <laughs> to deal true. with now. I don't think people realize how much shit that they that that was fixed over the course of you know ten years, and granted, a lot of it was for different different era of code, so that it no longer was relevant. There's a lot of stuff like exploits and things that they would be on the hook for having to deal with customer yeah. or players and dealing with that. I, I just don't think that they feel that's worth it, that the amount of overhead that would be taken. Well, that, in order to do- I think that's a great point because 
a lot of these bugs, like like you're saying, we didn't even know they existed. We had no idea. Yeah, yeah. and to be fair, their their current staff probably has zero idea what all the crazy shit we used to do that would still be if we use that old code base. There are so many different things that we as players would know what to do that I'm pretty certain their their current staff has zero clue <laughs> right and then the thing is a lot of them probably don't even know what like how certain the skills work back then certain things i think there might have been there may be one or two staff members who've been around for a while but i feel like a lot of them have been replacements and it, it'd be something so far out of their wheelhouse and how right it just doesn't seem like it'd be worth it for them that, that's, well, that's my opinion and, and you brought up a very interesting developer point of view because the uh, because and again i don't know how far you know how much you know you're you're following uo but the huge rumor that kept circulating was UO was supposed to have, this is pre COVID, right? They were supposed to have a huge announcement this year. And I think COVID, you know, sidelined it or, you know, just delayed it. Right. But supposedly someone said they were coming to mobile or something, but I I don't know. Two things. I heard mobile and I heard steam. And I I think the problem is that in both cases, both of those require so much effort on their parts that it, they'd have to, to take on, they probably have to double their staff, I think, right. to be honest, in terms of both employment, in terms of support, in terms of just the sheer amount of effort that would be involved with them trying to make that happen. That would be a gigantic risk on their part. Because I, right. I don't think right now, you, they don't seem to be in a, a mode where they're taking risks. They're really trying to just keep maintain. the lights on. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're, 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 they don't <laughs> want to rock the boat. They want people to keep paying to maintain their. Uh, the, their accounts with their with their houses, they'll do kind of rollouts for mostly decorative type, you know, expansions. Some of them they've I mean they've gotten creative with some stuff, but right. I think in general it's 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 been stuff that's not really gonna piss off their remaining player base. Yeah, the couple thousand that are the cash cows to keep this yeah, thing yeah, going. Yeah, um, I, 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 yeah I, I'd be I'd be astonished if they did something risky where they. I do, you know, like, I don't. I don't think they're going to do a sort of a Kingdom Reborn type thing where they, right. they decide, okay, let's 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 completely redo all of our art. Let's completely redo our structure. Let's make this, you know, let's redo the interfaces and make it mobile friendly. Yeah, I don't feel like they have the current structure in place for them to do that. That that's just me. I don't, I, I could be wrong, but I no, feel based you, on what I've you, seen from the last few years, that's not the type of studio they are right now. No, and and you brought up I think a lot of points that. I think people forget about that are not either in development or project management or anything like that, that, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts behind it. Um, and, and, and they still are our official product. And so they, they, they can't really move at the same speed that we do for free servers where we can kind of yeah. make the decision. They still have, I, I don't think they have like shareholders per se, but I, I feel like they have to some sort of board or something. Yeah. yeah, they, or they, yeah they, they at least have to committee approve a lot of stuff. And I, I don't feel like for their current you know, their, their, their no, current yeah. atmosphere is, uh, is one where they're going to be changing stuff. No, I agree. So, okay. And I apologize, uh, everyone listen. We went off the rails a little bit, so we're going to bring See, this. I, told, I, told I, you, I know. It's, it's fine. I, I honestly think it's interesting, but. Well, it's fascinating. Sure, we, we, have, we, have lot, we have a lot to cover though, I suppose. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're a developer, so it, you have a unique take that others just, you know, don't understand, including myself. I've never developed, you know, code or anything, but anyway. Okay. So bring me to how you, got involved with the free shard just community in general how did that all happen the uh, i think around the time that i was getting kind of bored with the or at least not bored but just i guess maybe disillusioned with aos yeah uh i i found that there was emulate there were emulators for uo out there which was kind of fascinating to me at, at the time i wasn't really much of a programmer i had 
was, when I was younger, I'd done some basic, like li actually literally QBasic and basic stuff for programming, yeah. but I was not that much of into programming. And I, at that point, hadn't really mastered any languages, like programming languages. Sure. So I, I discovered this RunUO stuff, and it was kind of fascinating. There's all these different scripts and things. I could see the the files that was, you know, like what what makes up a lich, what, uh, how, like, how the, the the weapon, you know, the formulas for hitting things were were organized. Right. It's fascinating. I, I did a whole lot of just kind of experimenting, a lot of trial and error. I really had no idea what I was doing. It was more of just like change a file in Notepad plus plus or Notepad, <laughs> and then yeah. see if it see if run see if it runs, and then if not, like oh shit, I got I got to like you know this trial and error fix it. it. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then eventually I got to a point where I made a bunch of little kind of. AI, AI team battles where I would have actually my, my desktop for my PC right now is a screenshot I took from 2001. Wow. Where I made this. There's the there's the York Fort that's near Co um, the town of Cove. Yeah. And there's that sort of like looping hill or that road that goes right into the York Fort. York Fort. Right. And I made this uh, little server that had these little pitch battles where I, I would assign an AI team to a whole bunch of custom orcs I built and then a custom bunch of custom of militia and okay. so I, I make these like i make these pitch battles that w the ai would process them and i'd have code for like you know the um majoka you know the ma mages would like heal the other ones and cure the other things and they would they would um yeah. issue out orders and things and it's kind of fun so that was my first experience was just trial and erring that stuff trying to figure out what i could do with it and then at the time i, I was taking programming classes in college so i, I started to kind of learn a lot more, you know, complexity in terms of what you can do with changing things up and, and right. creating new things. But for the longest time, it was mostly just just experimenting myself. I really never, yeah, just personally uh, was involved. Right. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was kind of fun to to make little pitch battles or to make little sort of, I guess, like vignettes of UO, UO experience. And then, yeah, so probably at least eight, nine years, I, I basically just played free servers. Bouncing from free server to free server, uh, most of them probably playing for anywhere from three days to three weeks. There weren't a whole lot of ones where I I think I really fell in love with them. Right. Some of them are interesting. Like there's, I could I could pretty much any major free server between 2002 to 2010 I played. I mean obviously there was ones like Metro and and obviously uh, some of the more you know the kind of the quintessential ones. But yeah, uh, really the first one that I I fell in love with and I felt like I actually was home was IPY or I'm, I'm gonna butcher this because I think Impor Yelm, Impor Yelm, I think, right? No, it actually is, is Yelm. Okay, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I don't I mean, know. People are gonna give me shit because I, I've I've <laughs> never seen anybody pronounce those all the all the different runic names. I have no idea what the right. fuck you how you pronounce them. So I, in my mind, I have how it's how it's pronounced. But yeah, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, I was called IPY server, the first one. I played that when it came out, and it was amazing. It's probably. Overall, probably my favorite UO experience, I think, to be honest. Wasn't that just, a heavy PK server? Like, it was PvP-focused, right? Or what? I don't remember. I don't know if I would say it's focused. It's, it, was, it was enough of a sandbox where people could PK and you could... Yeah, I, I think everybody has their own kind of impressions of how right. supportive a server is towards being PK. But yeah, you, you probably could say it was probably PK-heavy compared to a lot of servers. Right. Thing is, yeah, I, I kind of fell in love with that just because it, it felt like for the first time a server that me evoked T2A around 98 or sure. so. And they had enough 
it wasn't super there wasn't a whole lot of customization but there was enough tweaks and adjustments to make the game or to make the server feel like it was it was a fixed up version of uo back in the day so like things right. like you know like, like bandages like bandages work correctly uh you could you could do a a tank mage archer and it would work and yeah, oh, yeah. it was around for about eight months and then they had a whole bunch of internal staff problems and there was, <laughs> that's a nice way of saying it yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah there, there, there are there are websites that people have, i mean i think there's still websites that have people have posted what the story of how that server died and what happened right. And uh, but yeah, I was there for the whole time for that. And then when the second one came up, IPY two, I played that almost the entire time. That was uh, huge. I remember that relaunch. Yeah, yeah. It was yep. So that one. Well, it's interesting because yeah, because that that server at the time, I think it, the peak population for it was about two thousand. Which yeah, online at once. Although to be fair though, part of that was the the um, as or Azeroth, uh, the the server admin made an yeah. active decision that he was going to allow people to have. Um, three times or ha- have three accounts online at once and you could you could do afk fishing but right. people who were yeah and the thing is you could sell fish to npcs so i probably i mean i'm i'm fairly confident that about, about a thousand of the player base was literally because <laughs> no, no, if you go to any yeah. town in, in, anywhere or even just random ass places like people like people's houses you'd see afk fishermen just on loop fishing for fishing, for days yeah. days at days at time so Still though, it was it was it was a really large amount of people. It's I mean, there's been very few servers that have felt as active as that one has. Right. And oh, that's yeah. yeah. And I, I think technically technically I liked IPY in terms of mechanics a little better, but I think IPY two was a lot better experience for players because they had a right. lot more interactivity. They added the the town system, which was are you familiar with that at all? The PV, the militia system, town system. I don't uh, man, it's funny you even said IPY, like literally you know, cobwebs came off my brain. I'm like, wow, I do remember that. I remember it was very custom and it was like, I don't know, was explain the militia system then. Cause I do okay. remember so that, what, but not yeah. a lot. So, so what they did was that they took every single town in, in the game and every town had a, a king, a king system. So you'd right. have a, you'd have a, you'd have a town stone, I mean, the center of town somewhere. And you, every, I think every week or, or maybe it's every month. Every, I think every, Whatever the interval was, you would vote on who would be the king of that king or queen of that town. Okay. Basically, boiled down to a system where the largest guilds would set up shop and they would all try to get control of the town. Right. And then the benefit of that was that whoever the king king or queen was, they could they could set the tax rate of the town. That's right. I tax, remember that. Yeah, yeah, the tax rates just added a scaler to the price of any sort of any, any items you bought from. Uh, vendors, so like regents would go up in price, you know, ten percent, twenty percent, whatever. And the 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 king would, uh, or the, the the town would get it would have a balance. So any any money that was purchased or was any any NPC purchases would get stored in a, into a bank bank vault. Then the king could choose to withdraw funds from it. Right, kind okay. of an interesting interesting concept. But what eventually, what happened is that you get all this crazy drama where people would. Use these systems to get a fuck ton of gold from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's and it wasn't ta- it wasn't. I guess I guess technically it was sort of taking it from the players, but it wasn't really an, uh, you know a large enough amount where an individual person would notice. Right. But people people were, I think just so. I don't know, it's, there's just there's just this weird sort of mentality of of I think like FOMO, fear of missing out, or yeah. if, if 
if other people are getting things that you aren't getting, it makes <laughs> yeah. you mad. Even, right. if, even if, if something that you didn't know existed until you know just recently, if you discover that somebody else has been getting stuff that you haven't been getting, people get furious. And that's oh, yeah. that's I think one of the biggest downfalls of the system was that people got pissed when certain guilds would either lose control of town or take control of town through either cheating with VPNs because you could have people log into VPNs and then yeah. vote for a certain person. Then you oh, have these, these giants, yeah, these giant drama bombs of this person <laughs> stole kingship of this town from this person. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it was a it was a really neat system because they have also these these um these the towns become vulnerable for a certain periods of time, which meant that the uh, another guild or at least another another town could come and take and try to break into the treasury and steal gold from the town and put it in their own treasury, which right. meant that you obviously they could they could then you know, withdraw the money themselves. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of interesting kind of, uh, it was kind of like a factions almost, right? I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was a little bit more of a scheduled factions because all these different treasury, um, vulnerabilities would occur at different times. Like once, once per day, one town, right, becomes yeah, vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it has a little bit of the, the sort of classic OSI factions scenario, which right. instead of being available 24 seven, you'd have these little moments where all of a sudden, you know, like, uh, the thing is, too, is that they added. So they did have factions at one point where they, the different towns would align to a faction. So you'd have like three or four towns who would be part of order, yeah. three or four towns be part of uh, chaos, and then they had a third faction which is balance. So then you you'd basically have like several towns attacking another town to, to steal the treasury. All the stuff was was it was really neat in theory, but when you get down to actually how players view stuff, right. It, the drama eventually, I think, kind of blew up the system. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so on the Ancorp server, we actually maintained that um, that system from IPY, but we eventually more or less, it, it kind of killed itself just because of the drama and all that stuff. Well, Ancorp, what was the population there? Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, so I, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it that real quick. I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to, or paraphrase as much as possible, but sure. there, so there's IP, IPY server, and uh, that lasted for about maybe 18 months, I think total. It was around. It, it lived for 18 months. Wow. Okay. I actually got approached by somebody who suggested that I. There was another group that was. Uh, have you heard of the Moo Guild? M O O. They're from Sounds uh, Goon Squad. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah, they were involved with uh, something awful. The website the forums. Oh, they had okay. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. At Goon Squad. Okay. There was a couple people. Who were making? Who were deciding that they were going to break off from IPY and make their own server, and that was and eventually became Relpor. Okay. And I, I was approached by somebody to to talk to them and try to, you know, because I've been on the IPY forums making all these suggestions of things we should change or things that the developers should do. Sure, yeah. And I was told that I should probably talk to Relpor, Rel and so I ended up working with them for a while. But Relpor, when it came out, pretty much killed IPY. It went down to about maybe 100 people online. Wow. And Relpor was what Relpor at its peak was probably about 500, 600. Wow, yeah, that's several months, and then and it died. And then um, after after that, as finally as decided to make a comeback, and he decided that they were going to make IPY three, right? When it was in development for almost about a year, probably like nine months or so. Wow. And the last second before it was about to launch, he decided he didn't want to do it anymore. And Jeez. I think he, yeah, he. Be, I think he got cold feet, or there was enough. There was enough drama from players where he's just like, I, I don't think I can, I can, I don't think stress wise I can handle running a server again. Yeah. Then he he handed it off to a, a handful of different people. There were about uh, 
Abigor was one of the main admins, and then I think like Zani and Pops were the two developers who okay. stayed on for a little bit and helped develop it. But uh, yeah, they've been basically IPY3 launched as Yule Ancorp. So the whole name for Ancorp was basically just the idea of resurrecting a dying server right, as exactly. something else. Yeah, yeah. And for that server, I I played it for about three weeks. I, I got kind of uh, burned out grinding in the dungeon. <laughs> shame. I basically the way that the system worked is that you only could gain a certain amount of skill per per day. Okay. And I I spent three weeks grinding in shame, shame like well grinding in shame dungeon, but also grinding in, in personally in shame. I was personally shamed from doing it. <laughs> yeah. And I got burned out. Didn't didn't have anything to do with it. And then I think about so that server when it launched was about twelve hundred people. Wow. Okay, that's I think, huge. I think, yeah. I, think, I think it's a thousand to twelve hundred people or so, and then it probably I, it slowly declined. And towards the end of the server life, I got approached by them to ask if I would help develop some stuff for them. So within the last like week or two before it, it collapsed, I started developing for them. Cool. Okay. And at that point, we I think we the the, the decision was that we inherited a lot of stuff from IPY that was probably needed to get completely rebuilt from scratch and right. and uh, just completely redone. And that, that at that point, we spent like probably six to nine months re- rebuilding it as UO2 or UOAC and Corp 2. Right. So, and, um, and then and, I think... And just to give everyone perspective, though, I mean, you are doing this on a volunteer basis. Absolutely, yeah. This is, this is all okay. volunteer. Like, yeah. I've I've never been involved in anybody where we're being paid to do anything, which is is kind of baffling to me, honestly. I've I've heard from people. Obviously, there's the whole rumors about uh, <laughs> uh, well, Euro gamers or whatever else. The Ryan and stuff. Sure. Where you know, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, it's more power than I guess. But yeah, I was, I've never really been anybody who's been doing something for money. Got it. No, and I like yeah. to I like to say that, and and everyone listening. This is not for drama because I think I'm going to have a separate like drama episode because there's so much. <laughs> okay, <out> there. okay. <laughs> but I, I, um, yeah, it's important because a lot of people who play, you know, Outlands, whatever, no matter what the shard is, there's a conception that okay, if you're a GM, whatever, you're getting paid buku bucks because they're making fifty grand a month on donations than the shop when in actuality it's probably not even close to that. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like to set the yeah, stage yeah. so people know. But yeah. okay. Yeah. I have seen I've seen a run of people basically you know calling out of the servers for donation stuff and then the then the, the admin says, you know what, actually we, we ran a loss on our, our server. <laughs> right. We, we, were, we were paying like two thousand bucks a month in co- in hosting and other stuff and yep. you know like DDoS protection and things. And we actually ended up like losing money on that. So it's right. I think there's there are obviously outliers, but I think in general, people probably overestimate how much most servers are actually making or whatever. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So actually, yeah, so to, to, sorry to, to get back to the original question, the UOC. I think when it launched, we launched with the, the second one, UOC two. Yeah. Launched with 1,250 people. I think that's kind of what we capped out at. Right. And we got DDoS nonstop for four months. <laughs> and it, wow. Yeah, it was, it was really dep- it was really depressing. Four months just trying to. Keep the lights on with nonstop DDoSs. Uh, we 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 used I think nine different hosts at the time. Wow! Just going back and forth because we would get null routed by our hosts. Uh, we get you know uh, pretty much well they they yeah, they cut us off after like you know like an hour four hours yeah they cut us off for twenty four hours and uh, yeah over the course of four months the population dwindled from the launch of like twelve hundred plus to 
I think, I mean, probably 200 after about five, six months. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, which is, it was a bummer, but that's, I mean, it is, it is what it is, it is, but. Well, and I think, too, people forget, at least back then, because I don't, I feel like that doesn't happen all too much. I mean, there's drama in between shards, but, I mean, the level of butthurt that some people would feel that they had to DDoS another server to cripple it and kill it, I mean, I can't even imagine that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. In, for, I've been on the receiving end of that now twice, but we've yeah. got it here. For our lands. Granted, we've been able to to keep it, keep the lights on, sure. but like, yeah, like C two stuff was just, was really depressing, and it's one of those things where, yeah, you you can't even imagine like why somebody would do that to somebody else or uh, what level of yeah, like butthurt you'd have to have in order. <laughs> Right. Honestly, you can think of a bunch of different types of reasons why somebody would do it. At least, not not reasons, but you could, you could, in theory, think of different people who would do it. Right. But I don't know why they would do it. But yeah. No, that that totally makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're good. So bring us to Outlands. How do we arrive at Outlands? Yeah, so I was working on the US. So UAC two server, I pretty much, I I wasn't the lead developer, but I probably ended up doing about ninety percent of the code for the server. Okay, uh, pretty much all of the, the in game mechanics that players are familiar with on that server. I was the person who built them, and I think I, I was probably how long I was there. At least I think the, the entire server length lasted about two years. Yeah, I was I was there for the majority of it up until the last like month or two. And we had about a nine-month, I think, uh, beta, maybe six to nine months, somewhere in that range. Right. Uh, towards the end of it, we had a lot of. So the server had a lot of issues. Some of it was my my problem. My you know my, I misjudged what I thought players would want, would want, or we make we, we as a staff made decisions that probably wouldn't that probably caused more drama than it was needed to happen. Right. But at one point, I I felt that we probably needed to make some drastic changes that the rest of the staff or at least a couple of people on staff weren't really, you know, keen to do, which is okay. fine. That's people at different level of involvements. And at that point I left and decided I was going to just do things on my own. And I really had no, no intention of actually building a server for, a, I, I, I just decided I was going to from scratch and just right. program you, shit. like looking at different things like the housing, housing system, like how the housing system works redoing the gumps redoing just kind of general how, how do you interact in your yeah it's like uh even stupid shit like there's there's all these decisions that it's it's, it's always kind of interesting to me, interesting to me that when, when osi built uo they made these kind of really random decisions like i think there's a whole bunch of ring mail armor that weighs more than plate mail and there's <laughs> yeah. things like uh like for ring mail there's only three four pieces of ring mail like right. the actual armor set complete armor sets wow okay seems yeah. really strange there's like there's like three pieces of chain mail and then there's like three four pieces of ring mail and there's like five pieces of bone armor and just these, these little weird things were like okay well right, why, yeah. why didn't you guys like people you know that's well i think like, too, like people don't get and I, and I know you get this uh for sure but how much decision making goes in between these tiny decisions that could have a huge deal right I think I think some of some of them are, are weird decisions and some of them are just like think of the, the time that they they thought like real realistically maybe let's let's be sort of realistic about this sort of thing like oh yeah you 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 know you wouldn't have this type of item or something right but I think when you actually look at how people play things and and people people expect like full sets of armor for things now yeah and maybe maybe obviously UO was kind of a pioneer in terms of there wasn't a lot of other 
you know, models to follow. They they just they kind of had to blaze their own trail. But yeah. I think there was a whole lot of decision making that they made that made so that made sense, or they it was something that they they made with a quick decision. And I felt like you know we could probably clean it up. Like we could, I mean, just even looking at like the weights for things. Yeah, like certain weapons weigh like one stone, and certain weigh like fifteen stones, which makes them unstealable because you have like a max stealing weight of ten stones. <laughs> and, 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 and it seems like so, so arbitrary to me. Part of what I was doing was just going through all these sort of decisions that seemingly, that seemingly were made, and I thought, okay, I'll just I'll clean them up. I'll I'll re you know uh, I'll go through vendor prices and, and, you know, kind of make them make sense. I'll go yeah. through uh, certain skills that don't do shit, like, like begging or. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's all these things. Camping, so yeah, you know what? Whatever. I, yeah, yeah. Camping and stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can probably come up with something that makes a little more sense. Or I could, you could probably make this thing a little more usable. Yeah. And so I, I kept, I did that for a while after about maybe a month or so of just kind of dicking around with stuff. Uh, Owen, who I met on Reddit, Owen actually Owen was technically part of staff on UOC towards the last like month or two. Okay, we we saw he, he posted on Reddit a uh, whole bunch of screenshots of this map he'd been working on. He had this map he'd been working on for probably five years actually at that wow. point, which was kind of kind of yeah, that's kind of impressive. He he'd been doing this shit for five years on his own up to that yeah. point, and he saw that we were doing an expansion for our server for UOC. And he asked us if we could, you know, if we could use the services to do some map making stuff. So we brought him on, and we had a handful. He had a, he built for us a couple of different maps and things that were either going to be used for new dungeons or new systems. Right. But we never ended up. We uh, and we were working on them, but we never really went went through with it. And I, I quit the server before we had a chance to implement them. Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, so we, we we were we were in contact through that, but we after the the whole me leaving the. Uh, UAC too. I, I really didn't keep in contact with them that much for a while. Yeah. But after a few months, he got a hold of me again and said, "Hey, you know, I got I got this map. You're are you working on anything?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm just kind of dicking around, playing with just recoding UO stuff." Go, okay, cool. Let's let's just keep in contact and kind of uh, just show each other what we're working on. So back and forth for for even for months, we just kind of I, I'd show them off something I built, like a new you know new menus for houses or something or sure you know, yeah. Different graphical stuff, and he showed me different talent things he's working on, and I kind of went back and forth with that for probably about a year. Wow! Although the longer we went on, the more it kind of got more solidified in terms of like actual server was kind of forming a little bit. Right. Yeah. I, I still had I still I still had really no intention of actually launching anything because I've just the idea of having to, <laughs> having to deal with like you know like a player player feedback and stuff right, and yeah. all sorts of. Managing players, I really at that point had no interest in getting involved with that. But we we pretty much were, were operating building wise as if this was going to be something, but maybe just something that we kind of for us. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, that that pretty much went on for about a year and a half. And wow. I think at one point uh, we basically just I mean we were in we were in Discord just talking just every day, showing off what we're doing, just kind of talking about stuff. And I think after about eighteen months, he. That you know what we should probably you know what I think we'll be making a decision and and make this a you know reality and actually do a server. I was I was a little a little on the fence about it because like, again sure. I I was very about wading into that again between well, they, you know, my experience with Rob. Yeah, the headaches, hassles, and horseshit that comes with yeah, that yeah. you know is is the coding is the easy part. <laughs> well, and, and the thing too is I think my my biggest 
Oh, my philosophy was that as I, I was I was coding UO how I wanted it to be. Right. And as soon as you code, start coding something that other people are doing, you are now doing something for somebody else. And the decisions you were you were making that made sense to you are now going to be you know like argued and criticized. A thousand and, people I mean, are all, judging that, right? Yeah. So <laughs> this idea of having to you know defend decisions on why did things a certain way was like, oh god, I don't know if I can do this. But he said we should give it a shot. So we we created we he I think he created a Discord and. I don't know if we actually had a name for it at the time. I think we, I think we, we were bouncing around a couple different con- conceptual idea names. If we yeah. were to make a server, I think it, there was. Oh God, he had World of something. Uh, I'm trying to think what it was called, but it was it was okay, like a yeah. Yeah, World of something. I originally was going to call it Wildlands. I thought Wildlands sounded kind of kind of interesting. Sure, yeah. And then I, I saw. I, saw a, I, I didn't go with it, but I I saw about two months later Ubisoft. Had uh, released a demo for uh, Wildlands. Right, for, that's um, right. Ghost Recon. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Like, I, I hadn't seen that at all. But like, they they literally had in, in development that. So it's a good thing I didn't I didn't pick that name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So we we eventually got to a point where um, we decided, you know, we're, we're going to do this. So we actually said, we're you know, we here's what we we've built so far. Here's what we're working on. If you guys want to give us feedback, if you guys want to just talk about stuff, uh, discuss when things was that, that you. What year? Yeah, so we so I'm trying to think because all that has been around for about 18 months now. It'll okay. be actually, no, it'll be, it'll be two years as of Halloween. Got it. Okay. Prior to that, we were in beta for 18 months, which is wow. insane. Yeah, and then prior to that, we were working the two of us for almost two years. So the development Ooh. of all that almost three, three and a half years, roughly. Jeez, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been a long, it's been a long run. Uh, but yeah, the so I guess well, like four years now, almost since the beta started three, four, three and a half. So you've come, a, I mean, a hell of a long way from the beginning. And I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, and I'm going to give you my just unbiased, you know, I, I don't know anything in the, in the, in the background, but it seemed to me when outlands, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to put an air quotes officially launched. It was so damn solid that it had a massive following off the jump. And, and it sounds to me like, you know, what you guys were doing, this wasn't just something, oh, we threw together. No, this was years and years, right, of perfecting. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and the most baffling thing to me is that we never, while we were in disc, you know, we, while we had the Discord up and in 18 months of beta, we never really advertised pretty much anywhere. We had, I think, maybe a post on Reddit, but right. Owen and I, pretty much became a word of mouth thing like some people were asking me like oh you know hey after you will see are you still are you still doing your stuff and i'm like yeah actually i'm just kind of messing around with something on my own i'm not sure if it's gonna be a thing or not but you know i'm, right. I'm making my own kind of project so then they'll be like oh yeah keep me posted and it kind of steamrolled from there because people would, would start saying oh yeah hey by the way you know luthies is doing something again right and then Eventually, the Discord was probably I don't I don't know how many people initially. I mean, it was only probably thirty or forty people probably initially, and then Jeez. it just kept on spiraling and spiraling. Point where oh. we had you know maybe five hundred people. And it was funny, you know, as this you know this podcast coming off the ground, I had no idea that you know people were dying. I'm sure not to hear my voice, but to hear stuff about UO. You know, I kind of started you know researching. Okay, who are the top players here? And I remember going to the Outlands Discord and I join and and the damn scroll bar is like 
you know, so yeah, yeah. small with how many people I looked. I'm like, there's two. I mean, I'm just, and, and everyone listening, I'm looking uh, yeah. right now, 2,000 people online on the Outlands, uh, yeah. just general, yeah. you know. Uh, which, I mean, I mean I, in terms of actual total user, I mean, I, I don't know what it's, it's at least, at least 8,000 probably total users. But yeah, online wow. almost never drops below 2,000. Maybe, I think two or three in the morning, it'll be like 1,600 people probably. So but like, let me ask you this because, um, this is a very weird point of contention for a lot of servers, and I don't know why. Sure. There must be an answer for it, but most, <laughs> and if not a lot, don't publish population numbers or talk about it. Yeah, so that, that was an active decision that we had. We, I've, I've been on both. Historically speaking, I was I was involved with Relpor. I was involved with UAC two. Yeah, and part of the people become obsessed with with server numbers as a gauge of whether or not it's it's both successful, both uh, there's going to be people to play with. Right. And the problem is that so many different groups of people, it's kind of it's kind of a, uh, not self-fulfilling prophecy, but it's one of those things where in order to people to join a server, it has to have people. But in yeah. order to people, it, it's, you, have to, it, you have to have people in order to have people. And nobody wants to be, to be that server that doesn't have people. Yeah. So there's right. a great, Incentive for these uh, shard pulling sites like Yule Gateway, uh, yeah. other ones, where you it's people. I mean, people are faking the numbers, and the thing is, we we oh, know yeah. they're faking the numbers because <laughs> I don't want to get into specifics with different with individual servers. You can figure, you can probably figure it out. But right. we we've spoken to the developers of at least three of the top five servers, and we know the people who actually coded the stuff that fakes the numbers. So <laughs> we know exactly yeah. what's being. And we decided with uh, Outlands, we're not going to, we don't want to deal with that shit. Like, we really don't want people to constantly fret over the numbers, constantly compare it to everybody else. Sure. Because okay. we're really competing with people who are faking the numbers anyway. So it's 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 a moot point. I don't want to have to to deal with it. Uh, I think people can tell if there's, there's there, are, there are ways now for people to tell how popular a server is, both in terms of how much people talk about it. I mean, even, even Discord alone is, pr- is a pretty good indicator. Of yeah, the, for sure. It, Right now, we've historically, what we've seen, usually Discord numbers are about, like, you can take the, what I've seen from other servers, from people who've given us actual numbers of what real servers are hosting number-wise. Yeah. It's about 75% of the people who are in Discord uh, are in-game, or at least are have an AFK character or something. It's it's kind of in that range, roughly. Now, how so, many accounts do you guys allow? We, we do three times. So, so three, okay. three counts per IP. And that was one of those things where, we were debating back and forth whether we wanted to go like hardcore and do just one. Right. Uh, we, I, I think Relpor, we did, we had two, we allowed two counts, two characters. So it was four characters total. It was, it was an, you, you could have two counts. So you could basically have another character to, you know, macro off of. Yeah. But we wanted to try to make, we wanted to try to enforce more of a kind of old school feel where sure. you, people had to have like a primary character. You had a character you played a lot and that was kind of your focus. You'd have enough for a, a mule, you have enough for a crafter and you have enough for a, like an alternate PP character. Yeah. This is that I think the longer a server goes on, the more people want to have more options to play with. They want to have like, yeah, you know what? I, I want to have a tamer. I want to have uh, a treasure hunter. I want to have this different gameplay. Whoever. Yeah. yeah. All these different gameplay elements. I want to be able to switch over to that character and play it. And I, I, the reason why we decided to do the three to three counts, five five characters thing, just because I think it extends the life of the, of the server. Players have more options to do stuff. They can 
And you can technically, obviously, re-roll a character. If you have only five characters available, you can pull up a character, rebuild them, whatever. Make them right, camera, yeah, can, change the skills or whatever, yeah. Now, I don't think people don't want to do that, though. Like it's, I think I think we're at a point now in UO where people don't want to have to grind shit. Yeah. Just for the sake of grinding it. So, yeah. And what was... Okay, and maybe you can tell me this, because I know the numbers game. I, I get what you're saying, totally, that you know it's disingenuous to say we have... 3,000 people online right now, when in fact you have 150 that have, you know, 18 accounts, right? <laughs> so it goes back to the IPY thing where, I mean, yeah. everybody's like, oh, holy shit, 3,000 people, but literally a thousand of them were, I mean, because I, I didn't too. I, 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 at one point, this is kind of funny. I had, uh, I had nine characters that had 100 fishing. I would rotate the characters for fishing. I would PK with them, which is it's kind of <laughs> weird not having fishing on a PK, but I would, yeah. I would PK with them. And then I would uh, let them basically grind off counts right. and rotate between characters and so. So, okay. Now, in your estimation, and this, again, folks, this is his estimation. This is nothing factual. There's nothing published. Do you think Outlands has the highest population of, of, of the free shards right now? Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's definitely without a doubt the highest okay. number. Just, just, yeah. Um, and I agree with you. That's the only reason I asked you that is because I, I am almost certain that it is. And I, I mean, I go based off of, you know, Discord. I go based off forums, you know, and actually logging into the game, seeing is it alive, you know? Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, if you actively go in game and, and see stuff, or at least you just see the amount of, like, or if, you, if you go to any, any particular events or things, it, it, it feels like a totally different experience. I think one of the biggest compliments we've ever we've ever I've ever gotten from players, and this is going to come up a lot, yeah. is that when they log in and play, they say that their experience feels like OSI from like '97 to '99, like right. the, the actual amount of activity going on both in towns, both in dungeons, uh, between like vendor activity, like finding vendors, you know, actual yeah, yeah. like how and seeing people move around and do stuff. It feels like OSI was back in the day, T2A days. And yeah, I honestly don't think there's that many servers right now that can probably emulate that. I mean, yeah, for it, sure. Even the even the faked population numbers are usually about half of what we actually usually have too. So it's and honestly, I, I honestly don't want to get too much because obviously, like I said, we 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 really don't want to try to no no make our. You have answered the question, I think, for everyone. Um, and this is going to be another design design decision. I'm really curious about is um, donation shops. That's a huge. I'll say just controversy in general, um, yeah, no, but I'm going to get very specific of where I want to go with this. Um, personally, and that's for everyone listening, I don't really care <laughs> about the cash shops. It doesn't really like it, it to me. It's kind of like a life thing. If some dude's got a million bucks, <laughs> he's just going to have more resources than me. That's just how it goes. Right. That doesn't make me mad, but Outland specifically did not have like a skill ball or a way to buy skills, right? That, yeah, that was an active decision. That, that, two things. One, okay. I, I wanted things. The only items that you can you can get from the donation shop are decorative or at, at most convenience, like housing yeah. things that are mostly it, – it, it doesn't let you do anything that you normally really couldn't do. But it just makes – it speeds up a little bit of the organization for things. But it's, it's nothing that you absolutely have to have. Right. And now, why the decision for no the not buying a skill ball? Just out of curiosity, I, I I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to like fairness in terms of 
I, I think anybody should should be on the same same grounds for being able to jump into a game, yeah, and put hold and do things. And it's it's most yeah, like I, I definitely don't want anybody to be able to buy their way towards sure towards any actual in game activity that no somebody else couldn't couldn't normally do. No, that's totally fair, and I'm I'm glad you gave a candid response there because it's a very weird thing that some people like. You know, I haven't heard a great answer as to why to offer skill balls other than just money, right? <laughs> the counter argument is that when you have a server that's been around for a long while and somebody wants to get into the game, the, the counter argument is, okay, I don't have a whole lot of time in my hands. I right. want to be able to jump in and immediately be a seven times GM character who's doing all the stuff that I want to do. I think that a lot of that comes down to how you actually organize the server, both in terms of skill gain, in terms of active gameplay, whether it's somebody can, whether or not you're going to, you're going to gate certain content behind yeah. a giant wall of, you know, un, months and months of activity. We've for the most part tried to avoid making any sort of gameplay mechanics that are un, I have such an insurmountable amount of effort required right. that you, <laughs> you you can't ever catch up to somebody else. Right. One thing right now that people probably view that as is is the mastery chain system which we have, which is the sort of layer that goes on top of existing characters that will give you certain bonuses for for certain very very specific gameplay actions. So if it, it might be something like um, damage to X creature type, or you know, like okay. A, um, like some examples like or, or like lock picking bonuses or things like that and i think but for the, sorry, and, and, and sorry to cut you off i think really i almost want to have another conversation with you just on outland specific you know features because it is a decision random yeah well because no it's very when i say specific like i've never seen this before i i have never seen you know a shard be so, you know, I'll just, you know, say it, you know, very well received, you know, well coded, but have such interesting game mechanics. That's, that's playing out what I see it as. It's, it's interesting. Like I, I don't. Yeah. That's, that's been my kind of philosophy from the, from the start was I, well, two things. One, I wanted to make a server that I would enjoy playing and I wanted to do things that really haven't been done in UO so far. But there's, right. I get a lot. I, I, I get some get some shit from our own staff that I basically will, will take a system that exists and somebody else, like a different server, has the same system. That we, right. That's. I will purposely try to do something different, even when there already is a working example of here's how you could tackle this problem. Right. Uh, I'll go out of my way to try to find a different way to do it, just to make it unique and, and something that hasn't been done before, and not copy somebody else. No, and I think that is, and and it, I think it's so cool, and I think people are really gonna understand what I'm saying. Hearing your story at the beginning, right, and then seeing you now and seeing how Outlands has kind of been developed, it makes a lot of sense, right? Where you have carried a lot of your core values from when you played before into this, and I think it it really shows. Because I think when I looked up templates, dude, I was confused. I was like, oh, it, what the hell? I've, <laughs> Historically, on the IPY server, I, I was almost the entire time I was on the server, I had three times, I always had three accounts logged in. Yeah. I was almost either macroing fishing for some reason, or I was grinding, <laughs> a, grinding a new character. It was just some sort of weird fucking bizarre template. It's like a character who had, 
I've done some some like some ones where I'd have hiding stealth, uh, I'd have like swords and tactics, and then major meditation, and then basically make a character that would be a, a a stealth stealth PK that would use halberd attacks and then cast spells and then like have no defensive abilities. Holy I would God. just try these templates that like shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't work. I'd grind up for you know like like three or four days, five days to just make a make some sort of bizarre template. Yeah, I I, I feel like that's one of the biggest. It's just one of UO's strengths, the fact that there's so many different weird combinations of skills you can, and things you can use to, to accomplish something in-game. Yeah, well, it's the freedom and, of what do you want to do. Yeah. And so a lot of what I've been doing with Outlands is try to make skills that have unique applications that previously, I mean, there's certain skills that were just fucking worthless. I mean, like nobody yeah. used friend right. other like as, as, a, as a joke or, you know, as, as a whim. Yeah. But, uh, I really wanted something where players could have a gigantic amount of weird templates they they can play because I think I think it, it both extends the life cycle of the, or the individual players sort of yeah I guess like the ball life cycle you have all these different characters you want to try out there's all these yeah. different things you can do it gives us a whole whole lot of different types of you know, gameplay we can do we can, we can make something where you have something like you know like a we have like skinning maps, like maps where your skin, you're 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 basically doing a treasure map, except for you're you're looking for a location in the woods to skin corpses at, you know, for wow, animals. Okay. For yeah. Little things we we can we can branch off of all these different skills that have you know kind of unique applications. Both gives us more things to build. It gives players more things to do. I mean, it, well, it keeps it fresh. We have yeah. Players who are there, we have a lot of players who are achievers, people who want to accomplish all the achievements we have. They want to try everything, and I, I feel like me personally, my, my own personal personal values. I'm somebody who likes to try out everything. Yeah, I I I, I out a character on IPY that was a carpenter that took me. I mean, God, it took me fucking forever to make a <laughs> carpenter because the IPY two had a system where you could build a dock attached to your house. Oh, okay, I probably spent six hours a day for like three months. Wow. Doing doing lumberjacking and grinding up carpentry just to build a a, a dock onto my house. There's like people who like doing that kind of stuff. Who like doing these weird sort of niche things that I don't, like, I don't think some people don't care about them. Yeah, some people do. Like we no, we have a yeah. giant system which we have. <laughs> the, the running joke is we have people called ship people, which obviously sounds <laughs> like ship people, but like, we have this very very specific niche people who love doing all the ship stuff we have because we have a very robust ship system that's completely inclusive yeah and that's a that's a very very specific window that uses certain skills and things that you won't find anywhere else and i i love building systems that that do that where you haven't seen that sort of thing before in uo yeah uh, for sure no i have noticed the ship uh, i've seen someone live stream it. i think it looked very um unique but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep us on track here um I'm gonna see if we can get to the end of the generic UI Outlands because there's 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 so many things with Outlands it's it's, it's nutty. But um, more of some interesting questions as a developer and you know someone that's a moderator in some flavor, right? What is your biggest so, challenge? I mean, to be honest, we we uh, when Owen and I got got together and decided we were making a server, we we kind of delegated responsibilities and and he he's in charge of all the admin decisions for both. Uh, when it comes to Discord, when it comes to interacting with players, he basically makes the decision making on all of the player interactions. Okay. So I, I personally try to distance myself from any sort of in-game moderation. Any sort of. <laughs> yeah. I'm not great at that. I, I it's not something I like doing. I'm not great. I'm I don't like doing it, and I'm not good at it. So I, I've 
I am very, very minimalist as an admin. Right. And it's my sort of making decisions that I think for gameplay stuff affecting players. But yeah, sorry, go on. Go on though. Okay. So now that's perfectly fair then. So you have the easy job. And and <laughs> because you owe players easy until I actually have to try to pitch a pitch a system to somebody and say why here's why I think this is a good idea for gameplay stuff. And right. I gotta defend my my reasons. And that's yeah, that's that's the hard thing for me is trying to yeah, make make the pitch for stuff. Well, and I only say that because you know, all UO players, I mean, we're some of the most damn toxic people in the planet, probably. <laughs> but um, okay. And anyways, so is there anything you can tell me about like what's coming, you know, down the road for Outlands? And just keep it big picture. We don't have to go into specifics, but yeah, go ahead. I think the biggest thing right now is that we've we've done a whole lot of work with the you're familiar with the classic UO client. Yes. See, okay, that's probably the biggest thing right now, and and we've we have a pretty amazing team of developers that who right now we have Jaden, we have Vorspire and we have Cameron who Cameron recently joined us. Okay. And their kind of focus has been the, I've, I've, I've tried to make, I mean, I'm not, I'm a decent programmer, but, but I'm not an amazing programmer. I, I have a certain, certain ceiling when it comes to technical level stuff. Right. And all three of them are absolutely amazing, way better programmers than I am. So they've largely focused on things that are architecture based, th- mm-hmm. things related to data data structure, structure network, and also stuff with the uh, the client stuff. Okay. Our biggest thing right now is that we've been trying to make a land specific version of the client that we have full control over, not just because not because we're power hungry assholes, but right. because we want <laughs> we want to actually try to restrict the ability for players to cheat systems. I think that's one of the one of the biggest problems players have right now is that they don't feel that they are on the same playing field as other people. Other right. people have some sort of either a system going, they got some sort of background shit going on that's make giving them an advantage for you know, like synchronizing in PvP, doing stuff where they're able to house placement, something like that. Yeah, loot stuff before somebody else. So one of our our biggest issues has been to to create this sort of land specific client that we have full control over and we can dictate whether or not somebody can do all these these things right now like completely scripted thieving like we have we'll have players with steam who will have these insane fucking scripts that will uh look at any possible item that could be stolen and then like rate them based on like rarity and then like immediately steal somebody somebody will buy some sort of a you know expensive item and then like literally two steps later it's gone even though it was already like three layers deep in their backpack somebody's insane script to, you know stole from yeah. them yeah okay so, so that makes sense yeah so I'll, I'll, our our goal has been to try to create a system where we have full control over what players can do in terms of all those this outsider stuff that imbalances and gives players the impression that they don't have a fair you know fair, fair chance compared to people who are scripting people who are running running stuff right so yeah so that, that right now has been one of our biggest focuses in terms of gameplay stuff, we're trying to think people. So we've people who've seen our patch notes. We do a we do a shit ton of stuff usually. Yeah. Every 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 week, there's a, at least a substantial patch. It's been a little slow the last few days or a few weeks just because I've been focusing on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But we're trying to do a lot more focus on PvP. Okay. I, I feel like in general, that's been. And I think people have obviously noticed this. We've. We've been a little bit more relaxed on developing PvP stuff compared to PVM stuff. I think a lot of it stems because PvP stuff is is so 
it's one of those things that everybody has delicate. It's really hard to get (laughs) people on the same page with it. And and one of the I I think one of the both the biggest successes of Outlands and also one of our biggest challenges is the fact that we have players from all sorts of eras playing. We have people from the T2A T2A era, we have people from UOR. Right. We have some people from AOS who normally this wouldn't be in their wheelhouse, but there's enough stuff that we have our aspect system and the mastery chain stuff that kind of gets it kind of it's, it it scratches it, the itch yeah scratches the itch of some of that sort of where you can kind of fine tune a character into into various uh, you know more specific windows right and and that stuff's much easier for us to to build for than it is for so yeah sorry the 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 PvP stuff is much harder for us to get balanced than it is for the PVM stuff. Yeah, so one of our biggest our big our big focuses now is trying to to go back and um, look at the PvP systems we have in place. What what's working, what's not. Try to address them. Look at the certain actual individual elements of PvP right now right. that aren't things like uh, large group combats. Things like our our way interrupts are working working. People like that. Looking at. We have a lot of people asking us to do UOR, UOR, UOR style combat where, yeah. you know, like poison, block, poison blocks healing. A lot of it comes, goes back to us revisiting, you know, does that make sense to, to change things a little bit in that way? Or should right. we, you know, so yeah, no, I think PvP is one of our focus right and now. I, and but I don't have, envy your position on that because such small decisions can piss off so many people just like blocking healing before you know the poison thing like i know like i'm used to you know you have to cure first like that's what i'm used to but i know the 2000 other people are used to something different <laughs> you know? we have a substantial amount of people from the ur you know community yeah and that's what they expect or they expect to have full full stun like stun attacks and stuff right so a lot of our stuff ends up being you know at what level do we want to you know try to balance features that they're expecting versus features that people from T2A, like we have pre, we have precast and insta hit, which some people aren't really used to. Yeah. And trying to get all these different mechanics to, to blend. Well, I think I'm, my, my philosophy is I'm not, I want to get to a point where everybody is accepting of the mechanics, not happy. Cause I don't think that's possible, but it's, no, it's, it's yeah. getting, getting stuff to a, to a level where people are like, okay, I can play this. Right. Like, I, can, I can play this, this PVP style that other people from different eras who normally wouldn't even give a second chance or a second look at it will say, Oh yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll give that a try. And it feels fair. So, yeah. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. Okay. So we got that. So if, if you, and this is, again, this is more of a fun one, you know, you take it however you want to go. If you had, you know, a blank check for outlands, you know, what would you use it on? The right now we're actually doing some of that stuff. I mean, this is, there's definitely stuff we could do more with more money, but the thing is, right now we are, we uh, we are doing investing in the community and for various things. Okay. Uh, I mean, for a while we've been actually investing in the CU, the classic UO clients, supporting development of that a little bit. Right. Uh, the the next big thing for us has been getting new assets, and we've we've anybody who's been playing with us for a while knows that we we've pretty much continuously been adding in new art new art assets. the The next big jump is us getting new animations. Oh wow! Okay. Anybody who's actually looked at the the underlying art and files that, that go into making animation for things, it's it's it's, it's fucking tedious because anytime yeah. you have 
I don't think most people know this, but any any item that you have as a character, like a, you know, like a sword or a helmet, yeah. each one of those items has to have thirty-five different animation types, uh, anywhere from four four to six frames, and has to have eight different directions. So you're talking hundreds of animation frames that have wow. to exist, and the way that you will, yeah, you will structures them as individual bitmaps that are basically, or you know, it's it's individual images. So you have to be able to generate those, which means you have to have a system in place where you can get the mesh that it's based on and be able to, you know, export those those frames. Right. So that's been one of our big pushes is, uh, is us trying to get to a point where we can actually generate new in-game animation assets. Because it's like going back to saying you said before, OSI or you know, like uh, Broadsword lost the TTA the code for the you right. know, the yeah yeah yeah. Nobody has the initial assets that were used for the animations and stuff. So wow. duplicating, we actually have to ourselves come up with um, through like three D Studio and things right. and various various animation tools in order to come up with that. So that's our biggest push right now is us trying to be able to get to a point where we can build new animation assets. And I, I think that opens up a giant window of things you can do in game when you can have new new animations. Yeah. And, and it, so it sounds like really just you would get more resources to help with some of the yeah, yeah. additional well, yeah. efforts. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Back to the original, yeah, your original original point was that we, you know, if we had more money, we could hire a whole bunch more people to put time and effort into because a lot of that stuff isn't isn't easy to do. Yeah, it takes time to do it. Right. Very it takes time. Uh, I mean, we, we like even like sound files. We really haven't added any new sound files. We had new art files, but we haven't added yeah. new sound files. To have a whole bunch of new sound files to to work with for building stuff. Um, no, yeah, it's super interesting because, and it's funny because I'm kind of hearing the same answers from a lot of people. So I think that's really you know interesting to me. Um, okay, so and we're gonna try to wrap it up because I, I want to speak with you again. Like I feel like we've like I've taken a little nibble of Outlands and I still have so much more to ask you about. You know, specific to Outlands because <laughs> it's just it's a lot, right? Um, so. And I'm going to ask this question in a little bit different way. What is what is the and this can be the funniest or I mean the most time consuming way you you've seen someone troll someone you know in Ultima? Oh God, uh, I'm trying to think here. I mean, there's been people who have gone like under undercover agent style, like obviously people infiltrating guilds is one of the, one of the more baffling things to me that okay you'll. Have Will make it make up a character name, and, or they'll try to mimic somebody else, and then they'll yeah. be inside of a, and they'll sit within a guild for literally weeks to months, and steal all the guild stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I know there's been some classic some classic examples of like on Eve Online people doing shit like that, but like there's yeah. been yeah like anytime I see something where somebody does something like that where they put a giant amount of personal time and effort into trying to steal something from somebody else. Like there was, it was funny. This guy, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just say this guy on Reddit posted something. It was hilarious. He was like, Oh, you know, like we, there used to be, and this is back. I mean, like when the game first launched, he's like, this is back. I think when there was like, either stat loss, I don't know, but this PK would always get him. It started pissing him off. So he ended up carrying kindling with him and he would start a campfire when the guy got near him. And just trying to focus. Or like the, to, to raise his camping up that whenever he came yeah. here. 
<laughs> yep, to raise his camping <laughs> and oh, yeah. lower his other skill. <laughs> no, that's, that's pretty great, actually. I, I I have heard similar things like that, where yeah, either you fuck with somebody's uh, like. It, it actually, it, it may even be worse. It may, it may fuck with their with their their skill game or their their stats versus right. skills. <laughs> yeah, it's that's true. Way harder to to raise than than skills, honestly. Yeah, well, and and, and you know and, now you expect everyone to have everything locked, right? Like you got your skills, it's set, but you never know, right? <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> occasionally get, get get stuff like that where people, you know, in our uh, in our land say like, oh yeah, by the way, I, I lost this and this and this. You know, like, and we're like, oh, you have to check your, you check your locks. And they're like, oh, actually, no. Uh, yeah, so, exactly. And we've, we've, it's, I mentioned before that, that one of the, my, the biggest pleasures I get from this is when people say that our server feels like when they started playing you or UO for the first time. Yeah. Like that's, that, that's the biggest compliment I can get. We've had an insane number of people who are playing UO for the first time. Wow. Because we have such a, a large air base, there's enough people who will say, you know what? Yeah, I have, I have my girlfriend or I have this friend of mine. We get, we get people who say like I got my dad playing UO now, which is which is amazing to me. Yeah, and and it, we take all these things for granted, like you know, locking skills, um, locking down items in houses, or locking some people didn't door. have that. Yeah, uh, locking, <laughs> door, locking down containers, and we get for granted that, that that's just what you do, and we forget that a lot of this shit we we, we didn't learn. Lost, we learned by trial and error. Like we we, we discovered yeah. that oh shit, you can't you have to do this thing. And we forget that new players don't know that stuff. Oh yeah, I don't so, even remember like locking like back in OSI days. I didn't lock anything. I don't know because I was never like maxed or <laughs> got okay. that high up. Um, but okay, so thank you so much for oh, taking time, great. yeah, to talk with me. I mean, literally, I, I I really truly believe you know we need to chat more because I mean we're almost at an hour and thirty minutes and we like scratched the surface of Outlands. And, you know, I want to say this, you know, thank you for, for not only creating this, but making it so wildly different that literally, because I did create an account and I created a new character and I started going through it. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Which it's, like I said, it's before it's, it's one of those things where (laughs) there's, there's both good and bad when it comes to recreating the original UO experience. And I think part of that, part of the fun of that is jumping into something and seeing all the shit and saying, I don't know what this is, Yeah, but at least feeling a little, little interested in like, I kind of, I kind of figure what that is. I want to, I want to discover and learn, learn what that is. No, exactly. Yeah, no. And I think you, you've hit definitely um, the nail on the head. So again, um, thank you for joining me. And, and I have a feeling we're, we're definitely going to have a part two. I think of almost a hey, Outlands mechanics, right? Type yeah, deal. Yeah. I, um, I'm totally so awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on. Yes, sir.